You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. First and foremost, I got to give the credit to where it's due. Where would we be without Dennis Green? Because he wouldn't have drafted me. Where would the Minnesota Vikings, true Randy Moss, real fans be if Dennis Green would have never pulled that trigger at the 21st pick? Where would the Vikings have been without Randy Moss? Myron Metcalf here. Filling in, filling in on a ride uh, for Royce. I'll be here all week, Monday through Friday. Uh, so we will have a good time. I hope you have a good time. That was Randy Moss, the Hall of Fame, on Saturday in Canton. And uh, one of the, to me, the more admirable classes that we've had in the Hall of Fame. That was one of those Hall of Fame groups where there was no doubt. There was consensus. Mm-hmm. I mean, there wasn't anyone in there where you said, uh... Did they do enough? Uh, you know, did they get in off reputation more so than production? When you look at the Brian Dawkins and Erlacher and Ray Lewis, I mean, it, that was just uh, a super group of uh, Hall of Fame inductees. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you all, but Randy Moss to me was the one I wanted to hear. I listened to Ray Lewis only because I get paid to talk on the radio for a living. I figured I'd have to talk about Ray Lewis at some point, but if it were up to me, I would have never listened to Ray Lewis's never ending speech. Uh, I think it went 40 minutes or something. You know what really disturbed me about it was ridiculous. What really bugged me about Ray, and I've I've had a problem with him because of all of the transgressions he's had off the field, but how his speech turned that situation as he kept referring to it is almost like he was the victim. Oh, it made me so angry. Mm -hmm. But that's it made me so angry because we all have our own opinion about what really happened with Ray Lewis. I think we all have probably the same opinion. Mm -hmm. Yep. But for him to make that to put himself in that position on that stage just really spoke of such a gigantic ego. Well, and and I think that has been the challenge with him his whole career. What Ray Lewis has done is he's taken his his amazing football qualities and gifts and he's used that as a shield so he hasn't had to talk about a situation that any other position in his position any other player in his position that would be a part of the narrative. But Ray hasn't had to talk about it. And you figured at least the Hall of Fame were an opportunity for him to reflect on those events. I think in the year 2000, the Super Bowl party where individuals were murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are more questions than anything else. I mean, he was charged with, I think, obstruction of justice, missing white suit. You know, where was he? Was he involved? All these different questions that he's never had to answer because he's in the NFL. And when you're in the NFL and you're a superstar, the powers that be can say, hey, reporters, journalists, you don't get to ask Ray Lewis about this. That's whatever. We're never going to know the full details of what went down there. In fact, you know what? Let me just play a second of this. Go ahead. 1999, 1999-2001 may have been some of the darkest moments of my life. Wow. But I tell you something. When God says, can you hear me now? He sends you a family to make sure you're okay while you're going through what you're going through. What you did for me, 
What my Atlanta family did for me, Mona Lisa, listen to you. What y'all did for me, Steve Bashotti. What you believed in me, Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. Okay, I can't take any more of this. I was convinced that at the end of that deal, he was going to say for seven easy payments of nineteen ninety five, you can get some of this Ray Lewis right. miracle water. You're right. What, yeah. what is your ailment? When they showed huh? the, when they showed the close up of him when when Chris Berman went up there and was talking about Ray Lewis's next yada yada, and they put the they put the close up on Ray and he had the little he had the little earpiece. And the microphone. I the, wanted to the, quit then. I thought, oh my God, this is going to be. They gave him a TED talk. Insane. They gave him a TED talk microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Who? Everybody else just went to the podium and talked, and Ray Lewis has a TED talk microphone. He had a sham wild dude microphone. That's why and I thought he was going to sell us something. You got cataracts, yeah. diabetes, high blood pressure, uh, whatever it is. Ray Lewis Miracle Water can take care of it. Felt like a seventeen ninety five. Seventeen yeah. easy payments in nineteen ninety five, and you can have some of this Ray Lewis uh, Miracle Water. And I'll give you this sweaty suit that I just sweat through on the stage for eighty five minutes or however long he was talking. I just had a problem with the entire presentation, and. It was everything that a lot of people have grown to dislike about Ray Lewis. I wonder, too, if part of the reason why Terrell Owens, and I I still kind of rip Terrell Owens for not showing up because I feel like it was a blown opportunity for him to stick it to everybody who who ripped him over the years. But I wonder if Ray Lewis's presence might have had a tiny bit to do with Terrell Owens just not wanting to be a part of it, too. Because maybe Terrell felt like, you know what? with all the transgressions of Ray Lewis and everybody's sort of praising him and giving him all these accolades and everybody's ripping me to shreds for the little things that I did in the league. I I wonder if that was part of the reason why T.O. was just like, I don't want to be a part of this at all. Yeah, I mean, I think, to me, Manny, it would actually be more of Randy Moss. Because to me... Because Randy got in on the first ballot. Well, Randy got in on the first ballot, and let's not uh, pretend here. If you're going to talk about transgressions and... Things that might have uh, made the voters go, ah, I'm gonna make this guy wait. Randy had some. I mean, Randy mm-hmm. did some things yeah. in his career that yeah, he did. You could have held it against Randy Moss, and you could have said, you know what, Randy, you don't get in on the first ballot. They're contemporaries. I mean, they are they are two and three in terms of the greatest wide receivers of all time. Everyone agrees on that. So I think it would be more Randy Moss. Here's the difference: Randy Moss played the game. Yeah, he did. Randy Moss knew. That if I want to convince people that I'm a changed man, I'm going to have to do certain things. What did he do? He got on TV, which was huge for Randy Moss. Um, you know, he did things like the 30 for 30. He began to open up and give us more of a vulnerable side of him that we didn't see throughout the bulk of his career. I also think what helped Randy Moss was the stretch he had with the Patriots. And if you get with the Patriots and you help Tom Brady set records, you get a stamp of approval that's last for life. Mm-hmm. There yeah. are so many guys who before they went to the Patriots there was a certain perception of who they were. And the day they joined the Patriots the day that Tom Brady and Belichick said you're our dude, all of a sudden people changed how they viewed them. And I think that was a big part of what Randy Moss did as well and how much that helped him. Because Randy's two year stretch with the Raiders was not good. Well, it was I, not a good stretch. I have no idea why he even brought him up. Stretch, yeah. Why did he bring him up to the Hall of Fame speech? That Nobody was wants to hear about you on the Raiders. That How was about a joke. the Titans. I like that run he had with the Titans. That was a good <laughs> run. Like, come on, man. But I think if you're if you're T.O., you're looking at Randy Moss and going, how was he getting all this love? 
You know, and T- I don't get it. T.O. made a pretty good point, though, and, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but he basically said one of the main reasons he did it from uh, tennis Chattanooga. What, yeah, uh, tennis Chattanooga. Okay, yep. from, the, from the, the college that he went to was he was really mad at some of the writers that portrayed him as a bad teammate, and he said, you didn't ever hear a teammate complain about me, and I don't remember ever hearing about a teammate complain about the him. The only... No. The only... Yeah, ish, he was a teammate drama, but... The yeah. only teammates I could think of that he had like a real issue with was... In his it, the end of his run in Philadelphia with Donovan McNabb, true, yeah, and he was just mad at Donovan because Donovan went to bat for Brian Westbrook about getting a new contract, but he never did for To on getting a new contract. And then I I think him and Jeff Garcia had some issues in San sure. Francisco. Well, but you remember what he said that, about like, Jeff, You remember what he said about Jeff Garcia? I do remember that. Yes, <laughs> he, he he questioned. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, you know some things about Jeff Garcia. Yep. <sighs> to me, Ter- Terrell Owens' biggest issue was that. He always came off like he was a baby. Like it just that he never could shake that. This sure. idea that he's just going to complain no matter what you give him. He's never going to be satisfied. He annoyed people. Uh, Randy entertained people, and that was the difference. You, you know? know, and the thing with Randy I found interesting was he thanked a lot of people, and not once did he mention Chris Carter. How about that? I thought that was pretty tough. How about that? I thought that was his guy. Well, they At, did early take, on. They did take a. I, I saw. Chris Carter, uh, I guess they took a selfie or something on Friday, and Chris Carter posted it and said something. Chris something Carter about, talks incessantly about Randy. Yeah, yeah. I thought in they, a good way. I thought there would be a three to five minute section of his speech where it was just Chris Carter. Yeah, but it was more about Rand and where he came from, and he thanked everybody. At the end of the day, Randy Moss is going to use this to help himself in life. Yeah. T.O.'s going to realize that how he really hurt himself was with the opportunities that were lost post-football. We'll be back after this. This is Ray Lewis. When I'm not painting my face to look like a homicidal raccoon, screaming like a gothic demon, or tearing ligaments and tendons, I play a little ball. I could never keep up the level of intensity that my life demands without a little help. That's why I shop Buck's Supplement Shack. Man, they carry the metro area's most complete selection of deer antler extract. And now you can enjoy Super Bowl savings on all the other popular enhancements, like aggressive powder, psycho gum, Marble assault bars, as well as elk and bison urine with vanilla or cappuccino essence. Take it from me, you can't find more delicious animal urine anywhere. Sure, I'm retiring after Sunday, but I'm still going to menace people on the street and maybe get into some bar fights, so I gotta stay aggressive. So should you. Shop Bucks Supplement Shack. Price is so good, well, <laughs> they'll make you cry. <laughs> The Lord is good. Oh! Dear Antler Extract, not responsible for side effects or legal ramifications, including fines or prison time. <laughs> I'm glad Kenny reminded oh, me of man. that. We, uh, our guy Tony, put that together on the. It was either right before, or shortly after the Ravens beat San Francisco in that Super Bowl. <laughs> oh man, that's why when you were mentioning him as the infomercial guy, he that is made an infomercial. Chuckle. Yeah, made oh, me was funny. yeah, the Dear Antler spray. With was a big or deal. without uh, cappuccino, I love it. Uh, flavoring. <laughs> I love. He was selling something on uh, Saturday. That's oh. for sure. But yeah. and that's and to me, I, and I knew I was probably going to react that way just because I've had a, a a gripe against Ray Lewis having all of this fame, given everything that we all presume happened back in '99. And that's because it was otherwise it was a great night. You know, you get. Yeah. And the thing I love about the Hall of Fame ceremony is, you know, I never got to watch Jerry Kramer play. 
Yeah. But yeah. you get to really kind of watch some, hear the some stories. of the highlights and hear the stories, and, and you get to appreciate how how much he did mean to not only the Packers, but to football. Yeah. That's I mean, what makes it, it, it's, that's what makes that event fun. Up until that point, up until the Ray Lewis movie, it, it was great for the stories. It was great for the passion. Brian Dawkins talked about being suicidal at some point yeah, in his career and his yeah, wife rescuing that? him and Randy Moss and ran West Virginia and like all of these great players, some of a bunch of them who I saw play. But then Ray was the one where you wondered, are we going to see another side of him? Are we going to see sort of this authentic version of Ray Lewis where maybe he talks about what happened in 2000 or he doesn't, I don't know, but something that doesn't feel like a marketing campaign. And as soon as he walked out with the with the with the microphone, with the sham wow dude mm-hmm. microphone, which how do you even get that at the Hall of Fame? Well, they had mentioned that this was going to be the first year that they were going to allow people to have the wireless mic. Ban it. Well, don't allow it. And I I guess I don't care either way, but I think they did that because some guys might have felt more comfortable but now I I, I recognize Bad. that they, they Ray Lewis went to him and said I'm going to need this to be yeah, able to really motivate or whatever. I mean, it wasn't even a good speech. Like it no, wasn't like it was it, a great speech. It was terrible. They, they let him sort of freestyle and preach his sermon up there, and, and he you know Michael Phelps he he mentioned everybody oh. you know. Um, but I, I think people are more forgiving of athletes than any other group of people on the planet. I think the problem with Ray is he hasn't talked about it. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't had to. No one's forced him to because he's had this shield around him. And I think that's going to be the thing with him. So when he does the whole Bible thumping attitude toward everything, it's hard to not feel gross. You know, when, yeah, yeah. when you got somebody preaching to you about what you're supposed to be doing. And, and then at one point he said, can we just put prayer back in schools and, Listen, if that's how it, you feel, it really got out of control that, like see, at the, the end when he was just going completely away from why he was there. That's when it that's when he I mean, he he lost me like two minutes into the thing. But at the end was just like, OK, come on. Like, this is enough of this. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, if you have a certain perspective on, on prayer in schools or not, that's not the question here. It's that is Ray Lewis the one who's supposed to be delivering this during the Hall of Fame speech? Right. Is that what you want to hear? And when you're constantly going to the the God card, and and I'm not going to be critical of anyone that has that viewpoint. More power to you. But it just looks like deflection. That's all it looks like. And and, and those of us that can realize that it's nothing but BS. Yeah. You know, the automatic comeback is, well, you can't, you can't go after a guy for, for following God. Well, that's, well, that's no. not my it's point. Not about, it, it's not even about yeah. that. It ain't about that at all. Because you're, listen, there are people who I know who have intense devotion and, and, and intense commitment uh, to whatever they believe spiritually. Brian Dawkins. Yeah, and they don't punch his, you in the face with it every right. day. Well, and Brian Dawkins went up there and he was talking about his faith and, he and was. all of that stuff. But it, it just was also real. Right, right. It just it came off as very real, very genuine. You know, Moss, you know, Randy went up there and the first thing he did was he thanked God and, and all of that stuff. And it's just, to, to me, it's just about how genuine and how real your message is. And if it's just coming off of as kind of like Reaver said, like a deflection. It's just like, I don't, that, that, I just, I don't, I don't like that. That's just yeah. ridiculous to me. Yeah. And just don't talk down to me. Like, I don't care who you are or what you've achieved. Like, be real. 
And I think that's the thing that Ray Lewis has escaped. Randy Moss feels real now in ways that he didn't earlier in his career. He was raw. He was still giving you himself. But Randy has opened up in ways that a lot of guys have not in the last five, six, seven years and just become, I think, a different person in terms of how he's portrayed himself and presented himself. And that has helped Randy so much. That's why he's on TV. First off, he's really good on TV. Mm-hmm. He's great on TV. Yep. But the fact that he's great on TV and he's real and relatable and he's talking about, I mean, the guy said, I have to go get my kids. He said, you know, I met my wife, his, his wife, and his kids are from another woman. I think he's got four. And he said, the first thing I told him was, I've got to go get them. I mean, this guy was vulnerable in ways that people aren't usually that vulnerable. Ray Lewis, on the other end, came off as, what word would you use? Fake. Yes. Same old. Very fraudulent. You know, there yes. was nothing unexpected. And I think that's why he's not on TV. Is because when he tried to be on TV. Oh, God, that was a, that was a disaster. That was the presentation you got. Yep. You got a dude who was there not to have a conversation. Isn't, isn't he doing like. I thought he was doing like inside the NFL or something now, isn't he? I don't know. Whatever he's doing, I ain't going to watch. I think. Well, and that's why, you know, I'm the, not watching. the one thing that has always been underrated with Randy is, yeah, he has superior God-given physical ability that other people just don't have. But the other thing was, he was a very cerebral football player. He, Genius. He knew where you were supposed to be. And that's why the knock on him about, oh, he plays when he wants to play. Well, he, that, I'll never forget when they did, uh, they did a piece on him joining the Patriots in that undefeated season when they lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. And yeah. Brady said, I was expecting going into this relationship, having to show Randy. Co- he was showing me coverage yeah. schemes, and, and he goes, I was blown away by that. You ain't got to show Randy nothing. No. Rand- Randy's one of the smartest players ever. He is a freak, but it was the combination of who he was intellectually with that. Now, Randy, to me, what he showed in his Hall of Fame speech, Manny, he loved the fa- I don't think he cared one cent about the media. Right. Uh, about the haters. He loved the fans. Like, he, he loved Sunday. Yep. And giving people that thrill. I love that the guy that he jumped into the arms with, the, with the full face yeah. paint was there. That was awesome. Oh, crying. I mean, crying his eyes <laughs> out. Yeah, that was great. And I think Randy. And was, you know Randy <laughs> flew him there. Oh, 100%. He's like, you're sitting right here. Oh, Randy I was did. expecting him to jump into yes. the crowd. I was, I was like, that would have been so great. Anyway, sorry. But no, you're right. And that's, that's who Randy is. And yep. I think that's what his speech was about. I'm here for the people who believe in me. And that's what I think a Hall of Fame speech should be about. With Ray Lewis, it was, I'm here to tell you more about me. And you know, the the one, I don't know if you guys thought the same thing I did, but when you're watching the highlight and the career path of a lot of these guys, yes, you have a guy like Randy Moss that's just clear cut, more talented than everybody else. But you realize too, how close these guys are of not making it being in a bad environment where mm-hmm. they the, they're they're away from the sport and and got because I forget if it was Dawkins or who said it that I wasn't even the best player on my high school yeah. team that's what he said you know yeah, that yeah. that I just that I just was just the one that stuck with it worked hard and I was not going to get sucked into the society and the lifestyle that I grew up in and I just I was so impressed by that and then you think about okay, well, who was the Brian Dawkins that didn't make it out of that neighborhood? Or, oh. you know, you, you just think of how close some of these guys are to not ever making it to the grandest stage. There are guys all over America who are freaks of nature in every sport, and you'll never hear about them. And I think that was part of Randy's speech, too. I'm in Rand, West Virginia, where nobody knew about me. Nobody had ever heard of this place. And it was him and Jason Williams, too, right? Yeah. Yep. Are both from Rand, West Virginia. And, and look at all the missteps that Moss had early in his life. 
scholarships lost, you know, all these problems he had in college where he kind of ends up at Marshall. It wasn't like that was his first choice. No, it was Notre Dame first. And Notre then Florida Dame State, and then right? Florida State. So yeah. he kind of ends up at Marshall, an Allen Iverson-like story, and look what he became. And look how close he was to not having an opportunity to show that. Bottom line to me is, I mean, Jerry Rice is at his own table. I will say that Randy Moss is the most talented receiver to ever come into the NFL, and I'm not afraid to say that he's the most talented, freakish specimen in NFL history. Man. Yeah, it's hard to argue that. That's for sure. I mean, I, yeah. I, the Jim Browns are in that conversation. Um, you know, there are some other guys. The Lawrence Taylors are in that conversation, of course. Randy Moss, to me, if you talk about freakish, unique, one-of-a-kind individuals, Randy Moss. Everyone talks about LT and how he changed the NFL. Look how big NFL cornerbacks and safeties are post-Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. Remember, you could have a 5'9 cornerback yep. back in that time. Yep who you weren't afraid to put out there in front of Randy Moss. Randy Moss shows up, and I remember the NFC changing in the second year of his career. Yeah, because the Packers, teams realized, yes. The Packers had to go and draft. They got the five DBs. a bunch of defensive five backs of them. after Randy's rookie year. Five DBs in that draft, all who were supposed to be physical corners and safeties because now you needed size and speed in ways that no one had ever considered that pre-Randy they Moss. They had like a little sit-down. I don't know if you guys saw this with the with Erlocker. Moss, Ray Lewis, and Brian Dawkins, and and Sam is it Sam Weish, NFL Network guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're all five of those guys are just sitting. Steve Weish, I think, or Steve Weish. Okay, Weish. I'm sorry. Sam Weish, Sam Weish is the old coach. That's right. Yep. And so they're sitting there just BSing, and it was great. Yeah. And they would go to each guy saying, "Well, what were your impressions on this player and that player?" And Urlacher said, "I knew every time, every you know, the two games we played against the Vikings, we were gonna. I was playing on a defense that only had nine because yep. two guys had to worry about Randy." Every single time he was on the field, he changed. That was really cool. I mean, isn't that amazing to hear great players say that? Oh, that's how that's how great Randy Moss was. We'll be back after this. Myron Metcalf back on the ride, filling in for Royce. Johnny's got a, a sports update for us. Thank you, Myron. This update uh, sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. Uh, the Twins are in Cleveland this evening where they will play the Indians. Kyle Gibson goes for the Twins. Trevor Bauer pitches for Cleveland. The lineup to face Mr. Bauer tonight goes like this. Mauer leads off at first base. Eddie Rosario in left field hitting second. Jorge Polanco hits third at shortstop. Logan Morrison hits cleanup in DHs. Miguel Sano at third base hitting fifth. Max Kepler in right field hits sixth. Logan Forsythe at second base hits seventh. Jake Cave, yesterday's hero, in center field hitting eighth. And Bobby Wilson catches and hits Ninth. We were having this discussion off the air earlier uh, today, and because uh, they they had placed and both players had cleared waivers, uh, Logan Morrison and Joe Maurer, which isn't unexpected. Yeah, there's 50 games left of the season, right? 50 ish, something, yeah, like something like that. Sure. Joe Maurer is still owed seven million dollars <laughs> for the rest <laughs> of this year. Oh my goodness! And I'm not a Maurer's contract yeah. complaining guy. I just thought. Wow, that puts things into perspective, doesn't it? <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, nice work if you can get it. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And he got it. Uh-huh. Uh, the Twins put Robbie Grossman, by the way, on the 10-day DL. He's got a right hamstring strain. They brought up Johnny Field. He's being recalled from Rochester. Uh, Johnny, you might recall, was just claimed off waivers by the Twins from Tampa Bay last week. 
A good rehab outing for Michael Pineda. Remember, the Twins got him in a trade, but he That's had right. to have surgery right away. Uh, he uh, pitched two innings with the Gulf Coast League Twins, hit 94 miles an hour. Uh, the Twins Get him up here. Let's go. I was just going to say, right? <laughs> I can't imagine we'll probably see him in September. The Twins still are hopeful, yes, that he will be able to uh, come up and contribute in September. Uh, one other baseball note, the A's, they've been playing really well, and now they've acquired another pitcher, Mike Fires from the Tigers, in exchange for cash considerations or two players to be named later. I looked at this. The only way you can do this is in a waiver deal, so apparently nobody claimed Fires on waivers. Yeah. Which is wow. interesting because he's, he's bounced yeah. around a little bit. Brewers, Astros. He's 7-6, and six, I think, with the ERA under 3-5. So. You know, when the Twins turn into what they've now turned into, uh, I always find another storyline to follow. Like a couple of years ago, the Royals. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I am rooting so hard for the A's to catch the New York Yankees. Because <laughs> how great would it be is if those guys had to go to Oakland to play in that one-game wild card? How scary is that Oakland team right now? They're good. Yeah, they they are. are scary. In fact, are they not playing the Dodgers now? They oh, have a three-game sure. series with the Dodgers, I oh, think. about fun. the Yankees blowing that 4-1 lead? Well, I was watching night. that last night. Are you kidding me? Was, yeah. Or all this. How do you feel about that, John, Mr. Yankee fan? I didn't see it, uh, but I heard strikeout. Because you don't have regular TV. Strikeout, walk, walk, strikeout, walk. That's not a good way for a closer to... Uh, to start yeah. the uh, Aaron Boone might be in a little trouble. Huh? Myron, I don't know if you know this, but John has one of those hillbilly TVs, you know, with the antennas oh. and whatnot, and so he can't get ESPN and watch, like, regular sports. I, I can get ESPN. I don't want ESPN. Yeah. I hey. get ESPN if I want it. God, he makes it so easy. <laughs> I'm also paying $80 less a month than you are, so shut True. up. True. <laughs> uh, NASCAR mogul Brian France was arrested in New York's Hamptons for driving while intoxicated and criminal possession of oxycodone after he blew through a stop sign, according to police. Was he in his race car? France is the chairman oh, no. Chairman and CEO of the auto racing behemoth, was arraigned today at Sag Harbor Village Justice Court and spent the night in jail, and he ended up being released on his own recognizance. Information on a lawyer who would comment that could not be immediately found. NASCAR did say in a statement it takes France's arrest as a serious matter. They say they'll issue a statement after they have all the facts. The 56-year-old France pulled over and arrested about 7.30 last night. France has led NASCAR, NASCAR since 2003. He's a third-generation leader of the company, which his late grandfather, Bill France Sr., founded back in 1948. Link slide continues as they defeated uh, were defeated by Atlanta yesterday by 20. Now, they will play Chicago tomorrow. They will be without Rebecca Brunson. Uh, if you saw yesterday's game, she took an elbow to the nose. I was at the game, yes. Yes. Was it a hard elbow? It looked like it from the pictures. Yeah. Well, and, and then they turned around and had like a five-minute review session, the officials did, oh. to try and determine if it was a flagrant foul or not. And then they ended up calling the foul on Rebecca Brunson, I think, if I remember <laughs> uh, correctly. <she laughs> fought him with her nose? She did no. sustain a nose injury. Uh, they're not saying if it was broken or not, but she did not travel with the team to Chicago. She's listed as day-to-day a bye. The team will not play against Chicago tomorrow. And we are going to have more after those great sports updates. The Ride with Royce. Let's go ahead and get these traffic maps up for you. It is weather time. Traffic and weather. An actual traffic report. And now here's the forecast. Traffic and weather together. Yeah, we still have uh, drama on Westbound 694. This one's sponsored by Burlington. Uh, it started as a mom versus dar- daughter argument. Uh, Westbound 694, they pulled over at 35W. Authorities on the scene there. And that's why traffic 
is jamming now at Rice Street. Wow, a very stout drive there. Hey, remember the good old days when Westbound 94 between Maple Grove and Rogers only jammed on Friday afternoons? That was fun, wasn't it? And it was only a few years ago. It's 15 minutes and rising right now. Make Burlington stores your back-to-school headquarters and save big shoes, backpacks, lunch bags, plus casual looks and basics, your favorite brand names for less. Burlington, style for everyone. Partly cloudy 62 tonight, partly cloudy 82 tomorrow, and 83 right now. Myra Metcalf back uh, on the ride. Patrick Royce filling in uh, all week. Uh, where's Pat? Is he on vacation? That's or? a great... Well, he texted us this morning, so I don't think he's too far away. Okay. I just need some time. Yeah. Hey. Well, <laughs> he, likes to take the, time he likes to take the pre-state fair yeah. uh, run off, and then... Yeah, exactly. Smart. I'm, I'm taking like two weeks off starting next week. Uh, now, when does pre- your schedule pick up? Well, it gets crazy for basketball, really like October-ish. Okay. But in September, it's, you know... Traveling to different campuses around the country and getting ready for basketball. Got it. And I'll do some college football stuff too. And I'm even doing some MMA and UFC stuff and uh mm-hmm. and then radio too. Some, you know, the whole jack of all trades kind of thing. So it'll get September's sort of the start of school year. Got it. Crazy stuff with ESPN. You mentioned college football. I just saw a tweet. Yeah. The Urban Meyer situation. Brett oh, Mc- yeah. Brett McMurphy, who by the way Oh, <laughs> Yeah, he has this is journalism 101, man. He is. For a week. So he just tweeted this out five minutes ago. The attorney for Courtney Smith, the ex-wife of former Ohio State wide receiver coach Zach Smith, told me Monday her client wants to fully cooperate with school's investigation of Urban Meyer. She said no one with the university ever spoke with her regarding the 2015 incidents. Yeah, holy Crap. Yeah, there are going to be some problems with that investigation. And and one of the things I, I had on my list of topics today was Urban Meyer and how, as much as we look at this as Ohio State, every official with every college program in America should be paying attention to every single thing that's happening right now. Because in today's climate, um, you better be sure about who you have on your staff. Yep. And you better be sure that you are not leaning toward emotions and relationships because that's what happened with Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer and, and, and Zach Smith, Zach Smith, Zach Smith is the grandson of Earl Bruce, former Ohio state coach who was a mentor to Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. That's why he has sort of a special place in his heart for him. Brought him on staff, despite knowing about the Oh nine arrest. Um, and, and at first he said, I didn't know anything about 2015 came back and said, no, I, I lied. Here's the problem with that. Either, you reported this in 2015 after knowing about the 09 arrest and kept this guy on your staff for three more years, right? Or you knew about it and you reported it and it came back that there was a problem here and you didn't act. Like either, I don't see how Urban Meyer keeps his job in 2018. I don't either. Like there are a lot of people who are like Ohio State fans or they're so, they're behind him. Somebody called a paternal family. Somebody called Rick Patino's family. Mm-hmm. Somebody call Art Browse's family. Like, these are powerful individuals who you would have thought, there's just no way he's going to go down for something he didn't do directly. But I think in 2018, when you have a woman who is saying, I have been abused for a decade by this man. I have been a victim for years and years. And I think the problem with that situation with Urban Meyer, and if you don't know about the allegations, Courtney Smith, who is the ex-wife of Zach Smith, the former wide receivers coach at Ohio State, who is like a son to Urban Meyer, 
who's been on his staff at multiple spots, who was fired two weeks ago over another allegation tied to this domestic violence situation with his wife. And his wife did an interview and said, listen, this guy beat me up all the time and did these things. And I told Urban Meyer's wife and I told all these people and nobody helped me. And Zach Smith essentially confirmed a lot of it in his interview with ESPN when he said, you know, well, some of the wounds she had were defensive. You know, well, okay. You know how hard it is to bruise somebody up? Like the pictures you saw of her, mm-hmm. which she's, you know how hard it is to do that to somebody just by restraining them? So there are a lot of unanswered questions for me. And if I look at someone and I go, who could have stopped this? Like the police couldn't stop it. This idea that when domestic violence happens, you call the police and they end it is so false. And if you talk to any domestic violence expert in the world, they'll tell you that you call the police. And sometimes that makes these women more vulnerable because now that guy is angry because he's been exposed and now he comes back and does more damage. Right. Mm -hmm. So the cops couldn't stop this as much as they I'm not saying the cops didn't try. They did what was within their ability to do that, to stop that. But that didn't stop it. There was one individual in Courtney Smith's life and Zach Smith's life who could have stepped in and stopped it, and his name is Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer could have said, look, kid, you've been with me multiple spots. I control your career. I care about you and your wife, but I'm going to make sure she's safe. And until I know for sure that she is safe and that you're not doing the things that she's accusing you of, you're gonna have a you're gonna sit down, homie. You're gonna yeah. sit down, you're gonna be sidelined, we're gonna do an internal investigation, and we're gonna figure out what's going on. And if it comes out that, hey, there's evidence suggesting that she's lying, you know what? You're gonna stay on my staff and I'll support you. But if it comes out that you have been doing things wrong and putting your hands on her, you're out of a job, and not only are you out of a job, I'm going to make sure as Urban Meyer that you never work in this business again. Because yeah. anybody who comes to me and expects me to vouch for you, I'm going to say, don't touch that dude. He's a he's an abuser. He abused his wife, and we had proof of it. Urban Meyer is going to get fired, in my opinion, for what he could have done. And this is a wide receivers coach, people. Right. right. This is not this is not the offensive court. This is not some athletic. This is the wide receivers coach. Is there anybody easier on a staff to fire than a wide receivers coach? You get rid of him, and guess what? You go find another one tomorrow. It ain't that hard. I know this guy was a good recruiter, but don't act like this guy was irreplaceable. And that's why it's so it's even more maddening because of the 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 ego involved to think yeah. that you're ridiculous, above man. All of that. It's ridiculous. Well, well, I'll go back to what I was saying to to you and Pat on Friday. Reavers was I'm so tired of these. High-profile college coaches, especially, who have all this power and all this control over their programs until something dark overshadows their program, and then all of a sudden it becomes... Well, I didn't know what was he going on, or I I didn't know. It's the same. It's the same thing with the Rick Pitino stuff in Louisville, where all of a sudden controversy pops up that they were having, you know, hookers and strippers. Yeah, I didn't know. Present to to try and get recruits to sign there. That yeah. all of a sudden it's oh, well, I didn't know that this was going on. Well, this is your program. You better know. You're you, supposed you, to be responsible for overseeing this stuff. And okay, let's well, for the sake of it, we'll say okay, you didn't know, but that's on you for not knowing. You better know. And it's you better, on you. You better have a culture where things like that are exposed so that people tell you what's going on in your program. That's why I think Urban Meyer is going to lose his job over this situation. We'll be back after this. My 
Byron Metcalf back on the ride with Royce. I don't mean to dwell on this, fellas, but I just went to Twitter, and, and apparently there's a rally being held somewhere in Columbus for Urban Meyer, and you got people with signs, oh, and oh, you, no. you, you got people, we love Urban. Uh, I, I guess someone may have said, me too, I love Urban. or oh, no. um, You know, you don't see these rallies for, for victims, right? And I don't know all the details of Courtney Smith in that situation, but if it's true what she's saying, then then Urban Meyer enabled a, a man who was beating up his wife for a decade. Not to mention one encounter included when she was pregnant. Exactly. So this is this is not in any way a situation where how can you come out and support Urban Meyer considering what we know and what we don't know. And that is what what really upsets me so much is that people are so quick to assume that a person in a position of power, there's no way he could have done this. He, he he wants to win, and he wants to have a great program and clean program. There's no way something like this could have happened because they're winning. No, that's exactly when things like that happen. Exactly. Yeah, when, you right. have, if you, when you are winning, when you are a champion, and, and nobody looks underneath the covers. Because and, you think you're above it all. Exactly. Yes. And, and that's why I'm seeing this rally. It just upsets me so much. And... For me, with the Urban Meyer situation, like men have to do a better job of policing each other. Like, if there are men in your life who are doing these kinds of things, like men need to do a better job of not laughing off certain things when it comes to the treatment of women yeah. and just making it seem like, oh, something we talk about over drinks and, oh, yeah, you know, I got this going on at home. You got, no, if someone's doing something like this, it's your job and duty. Well, and not to mention, Urban Meyer's not only a husband, he's a father of two daughters. Well, it, right? His statement said, as the son of a wonderful woman, as the father of two beautiful daughters, as the wife. So he went into all this. This is why I would never do anything like this. My problem with that is you, you don't have to know women or be close to a woman to treat them the right way and yeah, treat exactly. them with respect. But if you're going to do that and if you're going to say this is why I would never do it, you got to give me a better explanation than that. Like you reported it and you kept this guy on your staff. For three years, do we know wide receivers coach? Do we know why? And maybe the explanation was given, and I missed it. Do we know why this is all surfacing now? Uh, well, there was a, a restraining order, and there's a there's a legal proceeding tied to a restraining order. Okay. Courtney Smith was granted against Zach Smith. Okay, so that's mm-hmm. ongoing, and that brought up these other. Hey, Zach Smith has this horrible history. Why uh, was it being? Why was he being allowed exactly. to work? Exactly. Okay. Why is all this happening now? And then you go back to 09, all these other, excuse me, situations where, you know, this guy was enabled by Urban Meyer by being given this employment, $350,000 a year, people. Wow. That's what he was making. And he said, well, you, you know, I went home and we would have these fights. You're making 350 k You know what you do? You go get a hotel room down the street yep. and you call your divorce attorney and you say, we got to figure something out because I can't go back home. You only go back home if you've been doing this kind of thing to this woman for a decade and you had no problem with that behavior. We'll be back after this. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 1. She was a city girl, but always somewhere else in her head. Somewhere where bison roam, rivers flow, and people get their hiking boots dirty. Like, actually dirty. So one day she fled west and discovered this place of beauty, history, and a delicious taste of adventure. But before she knew it, she was driving away with memories to share and the hopes of returning. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time. 
This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. 